Studio 102 in the scenic BBG Annex, it's the Hearts of Fire podcast. Podcast for the team at BioRidge Global. We're working every day to save and enhance lives through the healing power of human cells and tissue. I'm David King, today's host, and our guest is Scott Jones. We have been dying to get Scott Jones over here. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> So I always tell people, I start you out with the easiest question I can think of. Okay. And the easiest question is, where are you from? Oh, so I would say, well, that's, yeah. It's not <laughs> as easy <laughs> as it sounds. It kind of depends. No, <laughs> technically, I, I'm mainly or grew up mainly in Houston, Texas. Um, but yeah. But other places, too. Yeah, so other places. So originally actually born in uh, Richmond, Virginia, and then we moved from there to the wilds of Victoria, Texas, actually. So I, I know, crazy, right? Most people don't realize that. So I lived there for about six or seven years, and then moved there from Houston, and then I had this crazy stint. Uh, my dad got transferred my junior year of high school, so I actually spent my junior year of high school in Scotland. Um, and then I came back, my parents stayed, I came back and actually finished my senior year in Houston. And then, you know, I went to College Station for A&M, and then after that, I've been in San Antonio ever since. So, that's kind of where I'm from, you know, everywhere there. <laughs> everywhere. So, so you mentioned going to A&M, where all did you go to school? So I did undergraduate at A&M for four years, and then I transferred from there to, uh, once I was done or graduated, I went ahead and came here to the UT Health Science Center, uh, Department of Microbiology, and was in the PhD program there for a little over five years. And then from there, I did sort of a pseudo postdoc. Um, basically, I worked for Texas Department of Health. Um, and did a project for the CDC, so Center for Disease Control, over uh, way on the south side at uh, Texas Center for Infectious Disease. So yeah, it was pretty cool. And then from there, I, I came here and have been here ever since. Well, if you got a PhD, that makes you Dr. Jones then. <laughs> so the question, the question that oh, comes no. from that is, so which is your favorite Dr. Jones, the Sean Connery, Dr. Henry Jones, or the Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones? No one's ever asked me that, actually. Usually I, I just get the uh, the screaming of Dr. Jones by, uh, what was it, Short Round in, in one of the movies. I get that repeatedly. Um, that's a good question. I am a huge Harrison Ford fan, but I also, I mean, who doesn't love Sean Connery? Um, I, I would say probably Harrison Ford. That's that's probably more my stuff. Okay. All right. Good question, though. I have never been asked. That. See, I, I did this for years. I have good <laughs> questions. So you, you mentioned a little bit about about how you got started here. How did you sort of wind up coming here? That's actually a yeah. It's a crazy story, actually. If you haven't heard it already. <laughs> so the deal is, um, like I mentioned. I was working on the south side and uh, over at Texas Center for Infectious Disease, doing stuff with tuberculosis. So it was pretty cool. I liked it, um, doing stuff related to public health, which I've always loved. And uh, But I was just getting kind of tired of it, and it didn't look like it was really going anywhere. And so the gentleman I got my PhD with, my mentor, Dr. Tryon, 
I just, you know, sent him a note and said, hey, what's up? And he goes, hey, Scott, I've been wanting to tell you, you know, I, I moved over to this place called the uh, South Texas Blood and Tissue Center, and uh, I'm doing some work there, and, and man, why don't you just, you know, come over and have some lunch? I'll take you out to lunch. I'll show you around, and, uh, you know, we're having some some issues with testing or whatever, and, you know, I wanted to sort of float it by. I said, oh, man, sounds great, Vic. I haven't talked to him and you know, a few months or so. And so that's what I did. I came over on a Friday um, and uh, we had lunch and it was great. And then he showed me around. I met people like Karen Layton, uh, that's still, who's still here. And, uh, you know, I ended up meeting, I, I didn't think anything about it at the time, but he introduced me to the president and CEO at the time, Dr. Kalman. And so I was like, okay, nice. Everyone was super nice. And, and so we talked about some assay problems and that kind of stuff. And so what was going on at that time is that is right when we were about ready to start doing NAP testing because it wasn't required at that time. And so he had a robotic arm and he was setting up this whole lab, but he had, oh gosh, it was probably about 60,000 samples in the freezer that we were already supposed to be testing. And so I was like, oh, wow, man, that's, a, that's quite a challenge. And, he, and so we talked. And so then he's like, hey, I'll, I'll walk you out. And I said, oh, that's great. And we're going out to the car. And, and he's like, so what do you think? And I said, wow, it's really nice here. I think you got a great place. You got a good team. He goes, no, uh, you know, do you want the job? And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I didn't even know I was interviewing. And he goes, yeah, man, like, I went ahead and already talked to Dr. Calvin, like, you're in if you want to come on over. And I was like, oh, my God, Vic, are you kidding me? Like, and I said, well, you know, I am kind of looking for something. And uh, he goes, well, you know, don't worry about it. I'll, I'll give you a little bit of time. So just, just let me know Monday morning. So, which is a little bit of time for Vic or Dr. Trine. <laughs> And so that's what happened. I, I go, hey, man, I, I got to go home. I got to talk to people. It's, a, it's like a big decision. And so that's what I did. I went home, talked to the family. I had two young kids at that time. And uh, I said, all right, I'm in. And so that that's kind of how I ended up here. So, yeah, it was absolutely crazy. And how many years ago was that? Oh, my God. So that is 24 years ago. So that would have been, I started in January of 99. Wow. So yeah, it's been good. It's been real good. So what's, what are you doing now? What's your role now? <laughs> so my role now, uh, recently, my, my new title is uh, Chief Scientific Officer. Uh, my family bas basically says I'm just like the chief science nerd. Um, that's that's kind of my role in life, I think. You can't see, but people are laughing here. But uh, yeah, so the deal is... That, that, that's kind of my job, but really what uh, I'm over and have been over for some time is really sort of managing the research and development group. So we've been very fortunate, like even when I came here back in 99, uh, this organization was already starting to do research and development, which doesn't sound like a crazy idea, but at the time, I don't really know of any other kind of blood bank was really doing that. And so... We kind of started it on the side that way, and then eventually it got so large enough that, yeah, back in like 2012 or 2013, I basically just, you know, we separated it out from production because it really needs to be separate from production testing. And so, yeah, that's, that's kind of what we're doing, and that's kind of what I oversee. So I have uh, 
have a team of about, what is it, about 13 people now and growing. Um, and we do various uh, research and development projects. So what's, what's sort of the primary focus in that, in that group now? What's, what's the pro focus for 2023? So I like to say really what we do in R&D is we solve problems. That, that's really what it is, right? We have people come to us like Delia Open Production Lab will be like, oh, Scott, you know, our, our assay is failing, like nothing's working. Can you please come over and help us? Or we get a lot of questions a lot of times like, hey, can we test for these weird round worms? Is that possible? And we're like, okay, let's look into it. And so that's kind of what I mean about the problem solving. So really our focus right now is kind of really where we spend most of our time and, and really most of our resources. And that is really an assay development. I would say this is kind of the year of the assay, right? Um, and so what I mean by that is we have various projects really with various, uh, with different uh, groups really to develop assays. So we have Onyx Group, which is doing an awesome job uh, coming up with amazing novel uh, potency assays. So these are assays where we're testing for a specific biological function, and they're very much uh, needed for the advanced therapy industry. Uh, a lot of companies don't have them. They're very kind of difficult to make because they're specific to the actual uh, therapeutic. And usually you, you probably need more than one, and they, you have to have one really to get FDA approval. So we're doing a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, we also have Zeke's group, who are basically uh, just finished off a validation for a uh, assay or a test to look for antibodies to tetanus. And we're actually going to develop a better assay for that, that we can actually put on our automated system. Because um, we had an assay we were running, but the manufacturer no longer makes the reagent. So we're basically kind of put a Band-Aid assay up, and now we're going to go back and basically create our own assay. Um, so that way we can do it. And then Tony's group, uh, basically what they're doing is they do a lot of new assays, once again, for advanced therapies. And so they're busy working like crazy, bringing up a, an assay to basically test for an organism called mycoplasma. So the deal is we, we have an assay we do now. It's actually a send out. So the problem is we send it out and it, our customers don't get results till about two and a half weeks. And that's a problem. And so once again, solving those problems, right? Like we need a faster assay. So we found an assay. It's a, basically a polymerase chain reaction or PCR-based assay, kind of similar to what you know PCR tests for COVID. And uh, the deal is we're, uh, we're bringing it in. And so that way our customers can basically get a result probably in 24 hours versus multiple, you know, multiple weeks. Um, and that way it enables them to get their product out sooner, to get their information in quicker, to basically get that therapy out to the patients uh, quicker. And then long-term, if that's a test that has to be done for release of the actual therapeutic, that way, you know, basically the, the patients would get their treatment sooner. So, so in a nutshell, I'd find more than you wanted, but uh, give you an idea of kind of what the whole team is up to. Yeah, and, and you, you, you mentioned the the, the advanced therapies with the capital A and the capital T. 
and we know that you're you're preparing sort of a presentation for people about advanced therapies. Can you give us the nutshell version of that? Sure, I just gave it this morning, actually. Uh, that's partially why I'm exhausted right now. Um, it went extremely well. So, in a nutshell, first of all, that ther- that uh, presentation is available. So, if anybody out there would like to have that presentation given to either their team or, you know, their department or whatever grouping they want, um, let Learning and Development know. Um, and we can schedule that up and I can actually customize it to your group. Um, and we would be glad to do that. But basically, it, it basically just kind of goes over some of the general terms. You know, what is cell therapy? What is allogeneic versus autologous? What is ex vivo versus in vivo? And then we kind of go through some of the things like, you know, what is a CAR T cell? What does that really mean? What's the difference between a CAR T cell? and uh, T-cell infiltrating lymphocytes. So I can't give you all the answers right now. So you can either A, like I said, go ahead and uh, let us know and I can come give it to you, or B, it was recorded today. And those slides are also going to, I think in PDF format, are gonna be available. So yeah, and and I would say after that, if you want more detail or whatever, please reach out because that's that's also kind of one of the goals of research and development or being sort of the, the chief scientific nerd is like, you know, we love to educate people. So anything I can do to sort of make people feel more comfortable about it and, and understand it, you know, what advanced therapies are. The only thing I would add is, you know, I think there's a little bit of a misconception and that is I think people will were a little nervous that maybe BBG was kind of, I don't know, changing a little bit from their mission or, you know, kind of getting away from blood and blood products. And, and that's a total, you know, misunderstanding that really all, what we're doing is we're taking that core business and sort of those core strengths that we have kind of honed over the years for blood collections and all the products we've collected and tested and all of that through the years. And we're just expanding that. So what we're doing now is just collecting different products so thus we can make other therapeutics which are then going to go to different customers and and different patients and save more lives. So really we're just expanding. So really because of what we're doing, we're, you know, as you kind of mentioned earlier, right, our whole goal here is to save and enhance lives. We're just saving more and enhancing more lives through the healing power of human cells and tissue. Excellent. Good to know. Good to know. So let's shift gears here a little bit. So tell us, tell us, what have you been listening to at home lately? <laughs> All right. So you gave me a pre-warning on this. And I will tell you, I listen to a lot of stuff. Um, I don't think people have any idea how important music is to me. So I'm one of these people, like, just about every morning, I know, I'm weird. I get up. First of all, I have two big dogs, so they get all excited and they like, you know, try and tackle me and, you know, push me over and all that. And I literally, one of the first things I do, I'm either headed to the coffee machine or I'm heading over to my record player and I'll just throw something on. The dogs get excited, I get excited, and then I basically start my morning for for whatever I'm doing. So with that being said, it's a hard question because I listen to a lot of stuff. So... I consulted my son who 
uh, is my other sort of music guru. And I would say there's a couple of things. I'm real excited. I just got a record. I've been trying to find this record for probably about two and a half years. And it's a recording by an artist, a blues artist called Pink Anderson. He's fantastic. If you have not heard him, you should. He sings this great song about, I know these are, these are interesting subjects, Greasy Greens. It is a common, we, we like it so much in my family, like we sing it all the time in the house. I know, you gotta love those Greasy Greens. And he has a great song about chicken, where he goes, ooh, chicken. You just, you gotta listen to it. So, the interesting thing about him, though, a little bit of trivia, is his first name is Pink. And actually, some people believe that's where Pink from Pink Floyd comes from. They actually took two names from two different blues artists, and that's where Pink comes from, is from Pink Anderson. So, I would highly recommend it if you can, if you can get it on vinyl, yeah, but... What I'll do too is next time I spend vinyl, I'll I'll bring Pink Anderson. And if people want to hear him, we will play him. But he's great. Um, the other one that I'll bring up, who, yeah, he's like my latest man crush, right? I'm loving this guy. And the the deal is his name is Shabaka Hutchins. Okay, you're probably like, what? Never heard of this guy. He's amazing. He's relatively young. Originally from from somewhere in Africa, I apologize, I don't remember where, um, but I'm, I'm pretty sure he's a, he's a British citizen. But the deal is, he is a saxophonist, he is a crazy jazz artist, I don't know, the whole like London, British jazz scene right now is crazy. He has brought back kind of what I would call space jazz, so he's kind of like, a, in my, I know this is controversial, He's a lot better than Sun Ra, in my opinion. I know. Some people are going to yell at me. But he's amazing. Um, he's also in about three or four different bands. Um, so the one that I am kind of like the best is called uh, The Comet is Coming. And so, the, yeah, I know he has crazy. Like, he's also a Shabaka Ancestors, and he has another name. But the deal is there's a song called Summon the Fire. I'm just telling you, it is amazing. He does this weird thing with the saxophone where it's almost like he's yelling at you. It almost sounds like someone's yelling at you, but it's a saxophone. I don't know. I, I find it amazing. Check it out, and uh, I'll leave it at that. Otherwise, I'll keep talking for days. But Well, I'll mention one more just because if you don't listen to Towns Van Zandt, I, I, first of all, I don't think you can call yourself a Texan if you don't listen to Towns Van Zandt. Another controversial statement. But... You should definitely check him out. He's amazing. At first, you're kind of like, ah, I don't know, man. He's a little depressing. Like, I don't know about it. But I'm telling you, once you just just keep listening, and and once you listen to the stuff that he did, I mean, he had a he had a very hard life. He obviously had a lot of issues, personal demons. Uh, but his music is amazing. Um, and so, yeah, I would say sort of in that folk, country, Tex Texana, Americana, whatever you call that. Um, you can't go wrong with Towns fans yet, so. So, is that enough? Is that good? That is fantastic. I think check them out. I think uh, Dan, you should really check out Chewbacca Hutchins, I'm telling you. I think you're a jazz fan. We'll see. Or we'll hear. <laughs> well, thank, well, thanks for coming in. I think we, we're going to have to create a whole new podcast talking to Scott about records. Well, I'm, I'm up for that. <laughs> so. We can bring in some guests. Yeah, it should be fun. So, yeah, sounds good. Thank you so much for inviting me. I appreciate the time and, and everyone out there, too. Like, 
Yeah, if you ever have any questions about what R&D does or what advanced therapies are, please. I think most people already know I'm very approachable. So I'm usually in my office. My door is always open. Um, call me, text me, whatever. Um, if you, you know, if you need information, we'd be more than glad to help you out. Super. We appreciate it. Thanks for coming by. Hi, you're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Executive producers of the Hearts of Fire podcast are Adrian Mendoza and Jay Bajinski. The producers have their views. Our director is Angelica Sandoval, with technical assistance from Matt Flores. The Hearts of Fire logo was designed by Roberto Esquivel. If you have a question, a suggestion, an idea for a guest, if you have a record you want Scott Jones to play, please send us an email, heartsoffire at We'll see you next time.